Hello, and welcome to the Pragmatic Product Chat series, where we tackle the biggest challenges facing today's product management, product marketing, and other market and data-driven professionals with some of the best minds in the industry. I'm Rebecca Calajaris, Vice President of Marketing and Product Strategy at Pragmatic Institute, and your host for this episode. And today, we are very fortunate to have on with us Rod Griffith, Chief Client Officer and Co-Founder at Market Reach, and a good friend of Pragmatic. And today, we're going to talk about something a little bit different. We're going to talk about adding value after the sale. It's less about adding net new value through new products and pieces, but by helping them see the value they're getting and other ways that what your product and offering can add value. So I'm super excited, Rod. Thank you so much for joining us. I'm happy to be here. All right, Rod. Start, give everybody a little bit of context, talk a little bit about you and market reach and where your passions are. Sure. Yeah. After I spent 10 years in uh, various high-tech marketing roles, I recognized, you know, an opportunity for, for, to start a business that would focus on, you know, marketing services specifically for, for B2B and technology companies. And for, for the past 27 years, MarketReach has been working with, you know, major global brands down to, you know, small startups, uh, really targeting B2B programs and, and communications. We do pretty much all types of tactical marketing services, except for we don't do public relations or uh, telemarketing, but we do pretty much everything else. So we're helping companies manage campaigns, target new markets, do you know loyalty programs, do all types of marketing programs across the board, basically. So my big thing is, um, you know, one of the passions I have is just is understanding, you know, getting into you know what drives customer sale beyond the classically recognized types of uh, factors that we've been we've been trained to learn about in school, basically. And that's why, you know, a couple of years ago I started writing articles and, that, and Pragmatics published um, a couple of these things, um, really about the importance of personal value not just the professional value of, of B2B products. It's such an unrecognized area and passionately work with our clients to try to help them add a little of the, of the personality and the, and the human element to their solutions into the marketing, because especially in the technology world, I'm sure I don't need to tell anybody how, how dry some of the marketing can be because it's so based on factual, you know, features and benefits and speeds and feeds and, you know, benchmark data and things like that. So, but more and more so, you know, um, we're just seeing that, that if you spend a little time to get the, get the kind of human element and the personal value into the marketing, you really can differentiate your products in a significant way. So that's a big yeah. passion of mine. Absolutely. And you and I have talked about this before. I think we've actually done a, an, yep. an article and a podcast on it, right? But that, that a buying decision for a B2B buyer is still often emotional. And, you know, it's something like you said, there is so much research in this area and yet I am continually surprised at the number of really experienced leaders in this in the space who are who who find that who aren't bought in, who don't see it. So while I appreciate your work and and uh, support it as as we do here as well, but you know we still have more work to do in this area because I think people are just they struggle to to remember the the humans behind the decisions, which is one of the reasons things like personas are so important and the right persona, right? The right persona isn't just like job description, here are some facts. It's really about helping to understand the emotional drivers and problems, as well as the language that really lets you reach and re, uh, interact with them in a more human human way, right? Absolutely. And language that really speaks to them. 
Yeah. And, uh, you know, we had an advantage, especially the technology realm, you know, 30 years ago, you know, when a new solution came out, when when your new version of your product came out, oftentimes it was leapfrogs ahead of competitors in terms of performance and price performance. and, and, uh, And it had significant differentiating features that you could communicate very quickly. You know, it was very easy to you know, say, having sold computers, it was very easy to say, well, you know, our server was twice as fast for half the price. I mean, you know, one sentence, I could pretty much close a deal, right? But those days are, are long gone for most companies. Even Apple, you know, uh, hasn't had that, that quite of, of differentiated factor that they used to have. So the challenge is that how do we find new ways to dif- differentiate our products in a way that is explainable and recognized by the prospects quickly, as opposed to simply focusing on the technology benefits, in which case, oftentimes, the, the client is required to spend quite a bit of time and to commit quite a bit of time to get to understand what the differentiation is. You may still have tremendous differentiation, but it's not something you can explain in one sentence. It takes commitment on the part of the, of the prospect to really be willing to delve into it with demonstrations and with other types of you know benchmark information, things like that. But when you add the personal value, you can instantly create a differentiation that in, in many cases, or most cases, really, your competitors aren't really thinking of right now. They're, so they're struggling to compete with you purely based upon feature benefit, performance, you know, cost, total cost of ownership, all the classic types of comparisons. And they're not recognizing the fact that um, you know, adding that personal value ben- benefit messaging can really, really differentiate your products very quickly. Because when you think about it, if I'm about to buy, if I'm if I'm sort of torn between two different solutions and I've got two different technology companies that I'm thinking of purchasing for my company, if they're fairly equal in price and in, in, in capabilities and features, et cetera, if one of them shows me how they're going to help me get a better position in my company, get more well-known, become a real champ seen as a champion, or maybe just take more time off next year. If they can show me how their solutions going to make my life easier with less headaches and hassles, and I'm going to be able to spend less, less overtime and less weekends working next year because of their product. Well, I know which one I'm going to go for, right? I'm going to go for the solution that, that I understand the personal benefits to me more than just the, the technical or business benefits. So we call here the, so what? Not like, so what, like, why do you care? But this way, so that you have this benefit. Right. Yes. Right. So what? What's in it for you? But I think one of the things I really wanted to delve in today, this is really important as part of the purchase process. But this sort of emotional focus and emotional connection and, and showing the personal rewards doesn't stop when they buy. And in particularly so much technology has moved to SaaS. And so loyalty and recurring revenue is key, right? We all know that lifetime value get more, like the, the best way to hire revenues and profit is really getting more from your existing customers. And so I think if we can just talk a little bit about some of the, the techniques you've used sort of post-sale to not only keep that emotional connection, but to expand it and help them see the additional rewards. Yeah, that's, it's really critical because, you know, the challenge you have with pre-sale is that a prospect is not going to be quite as open with you about the personal benefits that that, that, that are motivating them in their sale, right? They may not say that, yeah, I want to, I'm thinking of purchasing your solution because I'm going to, I plan to work less hours next year, right? So 
They may not be as upfront with that, but as you work with current customers, you know, there is an openness that um, builds over time in those conversations that allows them to speak more freely about those sort of things. And you get very valuable information. And, you know, we all know the data that, you know, that, that tells you how important post-sale is in terms of pure revenue opportunity. You know, they, you know, current customers tend to purchase, you know, much quicker, much less expensive sale opportunity. They're five times cheaper to sell to. They can, you know, the, the life of their, their value can be upwards of 10 times what their first sale is, for example. So there's tremendous benefits. But what happens is that we don't look at the post-sale situation and say, okay, well, how do I work with our current customers to really identify where they might be getting benefits that they don't recognize right now? And that's the critical. And we kind of define it in kind of three critical areas of where there might be sort of unrecognized um, areas of, of value, basically. First is what we call unrecognized benefits, right? Okay, so other benefits that the company is getting out of using your products that they may not recognize. You know, a good example might be, you know, the classic benefits from purchasing a new, you know, business analytics tool, for example, is, you know, you know better planning, better projections, better ability to roadmap your, where you're going with your product, to look at revenue in the future, future revenue planning and planning for resources, for example, but you might not be thinking about the fact that, well, yeah, but it also, if I have better analytics, I'm able to do better planning. That also impacts, you know, a better supply chain management, which impacts inventory control and the inventory. And the people down in the, the, just the warehouses that may actually find that their jobs are easier and there's less waste involved, for example, because of this new capability. So there's other people, um, other benefits that are, that are coming out of your product that they might, that the purchaser, the people who are the primary, you know, decision makers aren't aware of that their companies gain from that. I have a client that um, offered a SaaS solution for senior living communities and working with their current customer base, we're able to identify the fact that not only were the operational people getting tremendous benefit as planned, you know, out of the solution, but there was tremendous benefit to the nurses as well as to, you know, administrators and even maintenance people within these organizations. So we're able to recognize not only uh, these unrecognized benefits, but these unrecognized beneficiaries. There was actually other people in the organization uh, getting tremendous benefit from the solution that the original decision makers who are all part of the operational team had no idea. They're in fact, they're different buildings. Most of these solutions were being purchased by a corporate headquarters that runs, you know, 20, 30 different communities around the country, they had no idea that, the, that what they purchased for their corporate use was having that much benefit to, to nurses and to other people down in their community. So by helping them work with them to help them understand that, we're able to help them to recognize that benefit and therefore recognize the value of our solution was far beyond what they had, what they had originally believed. And the more you improve their recognize understanding of your benefit, obviously the greater loyalty, as well as the fact that they're willing to probably pay more for the solution too, when they, when they see more value for it too. And, and the third area, so besides the unrecognized benefits, the unrecognized beneficiaries is the unrecognized uses of the product. There's other types of areas of the company that may actually tap in and use the solution that again, the original purchasers, the kind of classic users um, may not be aware of. And um, in the case of uh, the senior living communities, as I mentioned, the solution that they had been purchased by the operational people in the corporate headquarters, it was a, basically a communication tool that allowed them to send alerts out to, to their offices about, you know, for example, changing COVID regulations. You can imagine how 
how many communications had to go out to all their communities over the past couple of years regarding the pandemic situation. So, but what they discovered was, is that, and what they use is they used Alexa integration to integrate it with Alexa so that they could actually communicate with families and just elderly people by simply, they could check in every morning and they could send a message out and say, you know, give me messages. And, and the Alexa system would say, this has been a new change, or you must come see the doctor, or if you've got an appointment to come to the front office to get a vaccine at this time tomorrow, for example. So they were using it for that. But then when we discovered is that if we place those same Alexa devices in the common areas, of these communities and just use them as a demonstration tool during tours when people are touring the community because they have a loved one they were considering, you know, placing into the community, a demonstration of the Alexa capability was a phenomenal tool to differentiate their community. So it wasn't just the, the physical environment and the facilities, but showing this unique tool that they had to allow families to be kept better aware of changing regulations and issues was something that gave them a differentiation. Again, the, the people that purchased the product had no idea that there was a new type of use of the solution for sales prospecting, for example. And it actually helped them close more new prospects because of the fact that they're able to demonstrate that. So that's really why it's very important to work with your current customers and to identify you know, a process to work with them to uh, communicate and identify, survey, and, and discuss where the solution is being used, who is actually getting benefits from it, and what are those benefits, especially in any type of measurable way. Because when we're able to go back to other senior living communities with our clients and say, hey, look, you know, we've discovered senior living communities are closing prospects you know, twice as fast when they simply have this solution in all of their common areas to be able to demonstrate I mean, it was a no-brainer to for the other communities to to begin to do the same thing. So that's the type of opportunity you have. That doesn't take a lot of energy. It just takes some time and focus, basically. These, you know, this is not a highly expensive process, but at the same time, it's a really valuable process to go through. So I think, I mean, one of the questions I have is as marketers, we are often focused on buyers. We are, we have the most communication with buyers. How then do we make sure as marketers that we're also, that we have a connection, that we're able, how do you see those extra benefits from the users? Um, Obviously, we talk about market visits on our side with our product teams, but in your case, how are you hearing about these other user benefits? Yeah, you're not always given free access to all the user community, obviously. But the the nice thing is if your product, if, if you have a SaaS solution, you have the advantage of having a uh, typically a support tool within the, the support tool for customers or a customer service tool built within your product that people can log into. And what we did is we set up news bulletin boards and announcements and things like that. So when people log in for support services, they automatically are, are being made aware of, of these communications. And we're using that to solicit basically what we call use stories. We, we want use stories. We want interesting use stories of where the products are being used. And so we've been collecting use stories through the support tools of these SaaS device, SaaS uh, solutions. And we've also been doing it through survey, through email survey, and actually holding contests for customers. It doesn't take a lot of expense to have a prize and say, look, we, we want to have an annual award for the most interesting use of our solution, for example. And we're able to solicit you know, simple stories from users about where they're using the solution. And some great anecdotes come out of it. I mean, I'll go back to the, the, the company that our client that has the, uh, the solution for um, senior living communities. One of the anecdotes that came out of that was the fact that um, a, a particular community in, in Northern California had a mudslide that was literally 
coming towards their community and they had to relocate all of their, the elderly people in their community had to be relocated. Can you imagine the process of trying to communicate to all the families to make them aware that, by the way, you know, your, your mother or grandmother had been moved to a temporary fa- a facility because our, our building is under risk of being taken over by mud. So um, that is such a critical communications process. And the solution that this company had allowed them to do that much easier so we're able to get this really interesting success story. It was so successful and so interesting that we actually ended up writing a success story about it and doing you know, interviews with the, with the community and really, really taking advantage of it to leverage that to get other communities to step forward and think, wow, you know, we never thought about that possibility. And nowadays, I mean, in California, especially, you know, all the fires and things and, or, and then, of course, the COVID came around. And so the need for critical, urgent communications to the families, for example, was critical. And that's where... You know, by diving into an offering and offering and creating a fun way for in a simple way, we had a little online form that people could fill in, tell us you know, three or four sentences, and then we'd have a writer get back to them and write up a little success story. And then we post them on the, on the website as sort of a resource on the resource section of the website and say, hey, here's some interesting application notes, basically, of where the product's used. And as you build them up, we were, we're going to build a library of these. We do this for other clients as well, too. We're building a library of these usage notes. And then you can sort them through a little utility and say, okay, tell me who's using our solution for in the banking industry, or tell me who's using our solution to reduce uh, overhead costs, or tell me who's using our solution to improve customer satisfaction. You're able to sort and read usage stories that pertain to those specific topics of interest. All right. So if you were going to give clients or someone listening some advice on how to kind of get started on focusing the organization around these sort of both personal and additional benefits, what are some steps you would recommend? Yeah, obviously, you know, the critical element is getting your customers enrolled and to understand the value of, of this effort. And you have to kind of de-emphasize the sheer marketing value that it brings your company, right? And help them understand how they're going to benefit as well, too. What helps is if these organizations, if your customers have any type of customer council of their own, their own customer council, for example, or steering committees of customers or customer user groups, in the case of SaaS companies, for example, those are very valuable organizations because they already have a group of loyal customers that are part of of a known communication process that we can tap into. So we're leveraging those customer user groups or customer communities some of them are web-based, some of them are actual, have annual meetings, you know, and we leverage these programs, work with our client to get them to understand the value of communicating to customers to get usage notes, basically, to really focus on getting stories, based, anecdotal sto- stories. Anecdotal stories are just in the world of marketing these days is phenomenal. And, and also in line with that is some of the sales tools we're able to build out of that because, you know, video has become so much lower cost to do. We're able to shoot, you know, decent quality videos. You do interviewing customers right, right over zoom now, nowadays, for example, or other types of platforms record and produce a, a low cost um, uh, customer stories, basically anecdotes through, the, through that process. But key is finding that champion customer that's, that's really willing to, to step forward and be part of that process, helping understand how it's going to benefit them, to gain better knowledge of where the product's being used and how users are accepting it. The person who's made the, you know, your, your primary decision maker, you know, has taken a, a risk in a sense by purchasing your solution there. It's in their best interest to show their company how that decision that they made to purchase your product has significantly benefited the company beyond the initial intended benefits. Right. So, so they gain as well too out of the internal promotion that comes out of identifying how the product is really making an impact on their business. 
So it's a win-win situation. So what you're saying, Rod, is that it's really, really important to have a champion to partner with in this to help you kind of both see those rewards and advantages and, and be able to kind of build that, that up. Are there ways of communicating these sort of emotional benefits that are different? Like, how do we keep them feeling authentic and not like overly <laughs> savvy yes. or, you know, no heartstring Hallmark movie part uh, kind of things? Well, there's certain benefits that, that personal benefits that you really can't talk directly about. You have to kind of be indirect about it, as I mentioned, because you're not going to be able to talk to somebody and say, you know, tell me how much less, vac- how more, more you're able to get more vacation next year, for example. You know what I mean? So, or how does this product help you build confidence, professional confidence? It's, that's an awkward question to ask somebody, right? So, but those are things you do want to get to, which is so, so there's ways to ask sort of indirect questions that kind of, that pull out of that, out of your customer, that type of information, you know, like, has your product helped you build, help you win any awards, for example, has it helped you gain recognition in your company? Has it helped you establish relationships with other organizations that you wouldn't have had if you didn't have our solution? Many times, you know, purchasing a, a product and implementing a product requires the primary decision maker to have to work with other organizations to make that decision. That gives them visibility they may not have had, and that visibility can personally benefit them, right? So, so how does it help them strengthen relationships with, with their peers and with their other executives, for example? Has it helped them spend more time working on the areas they prefer to focus on? If your product is helping them make their work life easier and reduce some of the stress and some of the challenges and some of the problems they used to have to deal with, if you're taking away those hurdles that kept them from other priorities, then they're benefiting, right? So you want to help them understand and say, well, what other products, what other, I'm sorry, what other projects, what other uh, focuses have you been able to successfully focus on that you wouldn't have been, have, have been able to prior to our product because our product has helped provide, make life easier for you at work and giving you more time to focus on those other priorities. So there's indirect benefits that way that you need to look at, you know, how's the product, you know, make work easier for you? How's it made work life easier? Has it given you kind of a peace of mind? Does it help you relax more? Do you feel like your job is more stable because you were successful in implementing our solution? As I mentioned, has it given you any kind of recognitions or awards? Do you see as opportunity to advance professionally, for example? So they helped you accelerate your career in any way. Tell us how that's happened, you know, any professional recognition outside your company, for example, you know, um, what kind of visibility has it helped you with within your company or outside the company with other peers, for example? Has it improved your reputation as a leader in your company or an out-of-box thinker, for example, because you took a chance on a solution and it's worked out for the company? You want to identify where they've benefited personally as much as possible. And, and again, that relationship with a trusted uh, customer, it's a conversational approach shouldn't be done in any kind of sterile way. It should be done very personally and, and, and openly uh, to, to have that kind of conversation to talk about, uh, talk about where they benefit, you know, from the, from the use of the solution. But it is a challenging conversation. It takes, you know, somebody with, with a relation, good relationship. But once you've identified somebody, the value that they can bring in opening up about those kind of conversations uh, is really important. Once you've gotten that information, what we've done is, is you know, is to use that, and leverage that to talk to other customers and say, hey, what some of our customers are telling us and just ask us, have you seen something similar? People are willing to open up. We find people are willing to open up more about their personal benefits of using your products when you've opened the door by saying, hey, this is what we're learning. Other companies are you, are benefiting. Do you get the same benefits? Tell us a little, a little bit about that, for example. So we're leveraging one 
company's willingness to open up to get other companies uh, to, and other uh, customers to open up. It's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a process that, again, as I mentioned earlier, is not highly expensive. It's just time consuming. and It takes good communication skills, good interviewing skills. And we'll work with clients. Sometimes we'll join them on the conversations uh, if it makes sense, if they're comfortable. Other times we'll actually help them come up with a list of questions to ask, ask the customers based upon you know, the product they've got, the types of people they're talking to. We'll, we'll look at the personas and say, okay, here's some valuable questions you might want to ask these people. And depending on the person's title or their role, we might alter the questions to get different types of data out of them, basically. Does that help? Great advice. Thanks. Uh, all right. Well, any other advice before I let you go, Rod, uh, in this area for our listeners? Well, I think the big thing is, that I think, like I said, people, there's, there's tons of statistics that tell you why you need to spend more energy on the post-sale um, you know, customer base, because it's just overlooked. And despite the, all of the data that's out there, and there's some good reports from Bain, for example, or CEB, Motista, and things like that, that have some great statistics about, about how valuable your current customer base is and how important it is to focus in terms of how easy it is to close sales. But again, it's important to keep in mind that the opportunity you have with current with your customer base is more than just improving revenue, accelerating revenue from current customers. It's also developing messaging and communications and differentiated advantages that you might not have thought about or might not even were, were aware of that can really accelerate your ability to close prospect sales opportunities because you're hitting the nerve with the prospects because you're not just touching upon all of the business value benefits of your solution, but you're really hitting their, their personal kind of uh, needs with discussions and communications about, Hey, this is how it's going to help you personally get ahead, get more visibility, uh, become a real leader in your company, um, uh, be seen as a real champion, or like I said, just spend less time at the office and get more time with your family at home because you have a solution that's going to make your life easier. So all those things are really valuable as part of the process. The challenges we have as marketers, and we certainly see this with our clients, is so much of the focus is on the outbound and, and inbound, you know, prospective, you know, lead generation types of focuses that so much less energy and time is spent on the post-sale loyalty and retention programs. And so just keep that in mind in your marketing budget planning as well and time planning as well, too. Great. Rod, always a lot of information when we, we get on. And I really appreciate your time and you joining us today. Happy to, happy to do it. Thank you again. All right. And thank you all for listening. Don't forget to join us next week when we tackle another great topic designed to help you elevate your product, your company, and your career.